Blog Talk Radio. Dirty talk of any kind might upset you. This is not the place for you. This is definitely not the fucking place for you today. Desperate House Witches is brought to you by the amazingly wicked one herself, the incredibly wicked Dorothy Morrison. Please check out www.wickedwitchstudios.com for all of your witching needs. And we are in the midst of the Halloween limited edition candle sale. So... Go to the social media page for Wicked Witch Studios and get your link. Get your candles while you can because it's only till the end of October and time is running out. That's wickedwitchstudios.com. Tell Dorothy I sent you. All right, for the hour. I'm so excited. I have with me, and I got to tell you, I was not familiar with this author before this book, but the name of the book is Magic for Troubled Times. Rituals, recipes, and real talk for witches. Joining me for the hour is Deborah Castellano. Hello. Hi, friend. How are you? Hey. You know, <laughs> you're amazing. And I know you've done other things, but I'm like one person, and I can only read so much at one time because I'm old and I'm tired and I have a fucking day job. So I love you. I love this book. I think you're terrific. Tell, tell me about you because I need to know where you came from and how you got into magic and all of this good shit. So that's funny that you say I'm old, I'm tired, I work a day job. That has also been my life for like a really, really <laughs> long time. <laughs> and, uh, the right. only reason I don't have a full-time day job right now is because, you know, pandemic, you know, so I got, I got laid off during that. And uh, otherwise that was, that was my life. Wow. That's, that must be rough. I mean, when you're used to bringing in a steady income and then all of a sudden it cuts out on you. I mean, I've had this conversation with other authors who are like, listen, in the midst of a pandemic, no one's outside. No one's going to festivals. I can't, you know, I can't give lectures in person. I'm not doing anything in person. So I had, like, double the amount of shows that I was doing just so people could, like, get out there and talk about what they were doing. So I, I can't, I mean, I, I've been really spoiled and lucky. I, I bitch about my day job, but I love my day job, so I know I'm super lucky. So how are you managing when that fell out. So, interestingly, um, my husband was um, a fairly newly graduated RN, and he had just Ooh. gotten an, a new job, and it was supposed to be for, um, you know, elder care, and maybe he would, like, learn to do an IV and mostly just yell at older people to take their meds. But, um, the, again, the pandemic hit, and... 
his uh, facility was used as an overflow for the hospital. So shit got very real, very fast for us, you know. Um, luckily, that had meant more money, but it was it was incredibly difficult and incredibly traumatic. Like he'd have to come home, literally take off all his clothes at the door. We'd put it right into the wash. He'd shower immediately. This was before we had vaccines or anything. And, you know, it was just sort of terrifying not knowing if he was going to come home at all, you know. Yeah, it was a terrifying time. You know, I'm not going to say I knew that the the pandemic was coming, but I spent two, three months straight crying all through the end of 2019. And my friends and family were like, what are you crying about? And I'm like, I don't know, something terrible is going to happen. And it just felt like, I don't know, I thought it was just me. I thought my world was going to crash in. I thought all these terrible things. I was completely freaked out. And then the pandemic hit, and I cried for a few more weeks. And then I got used to, I guess I got used to the new reality of what we were going to have to deal with, and I stopped crying. I mean, did you have... Any kind of rumblings that some shit was about to get crazy before it happened? Real talk, I, I, I didn't because for me in my day job, it was tax season beginning. So, like, oh, wow. my psychic wow. radar wasn't really fully switched on or anything, but I have had moments exactly like what you're describing before either something in my uh, personal world was crashing or something in the larger world was crashing. I mean, even, um, you know, when the insurrection happened, I was, I was editing my book. My writing partner came in and he's like, do you know there's an insurrection happening? And we had everything off. So we did sound like, what are you talking about? And he's like, Sure. There's a lot going on. I'm like, oh, my God. You know, and I again, I'd love to say that I was, you know, doing all this witchy stuff, but we were just huddled in my house eating donuts and watching the news because, like, what else can you do, you know? Right. Yeah, it's, it was the freak. I remember that, that day, and I'm like, get the fuck out of here. They're doing what? I mean, it was just, <laughs> you know, there comes a point where you stop being surprised because the whole Trump fucking experience, being from New York, having grown up in the town near him, knowing about his family since I was a kid, I mean, we knew these were fucking crazies, and we tried to Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm people. from Jersey. A lot of people did, did right? business with him, so yeah, yeah. Sure. You know, you know what I'm talking about. And, like, people just didn't fucking want to believe it. They're like, ah, it's all for show. Ah, it's a big fucking act. And then the unthinkable happened, and it was like, I'm still suffering fucking PTSD from waking up every morning wondering what this fucking guy had done to destroy the world. Forget about our country. Just the fucking known world. And, you know, I'm people are like, oh, you know, shit's all quiet now and it's weird and, you know, there's no excitement. The administration's not exciting. Dude, you don't fucking want it to be exciting, okay? (laughs) Do you want to feel like the world's about to end at every goddamn minute? No, thank you. I'm very happy with quiet and peace. I don't need to know 
everything the president does every fucking minute of the day. I'm like, I don't understand that thought process. What do you think? I I mean, like, we're still feeling the after effects, even with this, you know, so-called boring administration that, you know, like with Roe v. Wade being overturned, you know, and that was... No shit. Yeah. Right. So... (laughs) I, I wouldn't call that boring per se. I mean, that that was the first time in my lifetime that, you know, body, body autonomy is not a given, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I understand what you're saying. See, I remember before that time, and mm-hmm. I mean, I was a kid, but still, you know, during my entire lifetime, my adult lifetime, um, you know, if I needed that service, I had it. And I'm very quick to admit that I've needed that service. Uh, And I don't apologize for it, you know, because circumstances would have been, um, let's just say I wouldn't be here right now if I had had gone through my last pregnancy. But that's, that's neither here nor there. To me, the idea that people are losing rights scares the living shit out of me because it's not, I mean, I'll never need that right, but it's anybody's right. And rights are so fucking tenuous as it is. And, you know, everything, to me, it still feels like everything's on the line. Same-sex marriage is on the line. The the right to go by the pronouns you choose is on the line. Uh, Or no pronouns. You know, the whole gender identity issue is like, I mean, I have, these are folks in my family, you know. I have a multi-gendered, multi-hued, beautiful family. And I have to worry about all these fucking people because of all those fucking people. You know what I mean? Yep. So it's like everything's in fucking flux. And I'm like, dude, I'm too old. I, I'm, I'm too old. We need to figure some shit out and make sure that that, that doesn't happen again. Because I'll tell you what, the Trump situation kick the door open. I didn't realize that our entire country and way of life was being held together by a gentleman's agreement and a fucking handshake. And that's it. That, that's very eloquently put. And that was exactly like, I mean, that got very real very fast in the last couple of years, I, you know? Certainly. So, okay, so your husband started working Obviously a very dangerous job. Days must have right. been so terrifying for you, um, especially since you weren't working a day job. I mean, did the writing keep you occupied enough so that you weren't constantly freaking out every minute? Well, I mean, there was – I mean, this is a whole shit show, like, honestly. It's like they, they started doing, you know, virtual schooling for um, obvious reasons, But, you know, my nephew, who was eight at the time, uh, was really struggling with it. And so I was was helping to tutor him and keep him on track. And uh, I was sort of elected by all sides of the family to to do that. And, um, you know, trying to help hold everything and everyone together. And then I was like, okay, I'm going to write like a little chat book. I'm very lucky that I have friends who are professional editors and they offered to pro bono edit my chat book. And I was like, that's very kind. Okay, I'll start doing this. And my 
nephew was like, you know, she kept saying, tell me about your book, tell me about your book. And he was old enough to understand, you know, I explained to him what a chat book was and whatever, but he didn't really believe that's what I was doing. And it turned out he was right. Um, So I was writing, I was tutoring him, I was, you know, trying to to keep everything together on the the home front, which was not, I had never been um, a house trout before, you know, like, so it was all this stuff happening. And, you know, I certainly didn't uh, sign on to be an apocalyptic house trout at that, you know, and, uh, you know, eventually they had me back for tax season and everything, and that definitely helps. And, you know, I have my shop and I have my books and all of that, but, um it was very real. It was this surreal feeling of, like, on one hand, we sort of were in a position at the time where we had more money than we ever had, but you couldn't go anywhere. You couldn't do anything. And, you know, like, you didn't know what the next day would bring. And around 4 o'clock, I'd start revving up, as we say in our household, you know, where I'm just like, is he going to come home? What's going on? You know, like, what what's going to happen? And it was it was always just, a lot. <laughs> yeah, I, I I understand that feeling. Everyone in my household definitely believes in science, but I was raised by people who don't. So I was getting <laughs> phone calls from my mother. When they first started talking about the vaccine, my mother would be like, there's a chip in it, don't get it, because my mother's a Pentecostal preacher, long story, I don't want to talk about it now. But, yeah, 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 I mean, I was, this is the bullshit I was hearing. Don't get it, don't get it, don't get it. Funny, funny true story. I talked to my mother yesterday, and my mother's like, oh, I, I, I'm, I'm just so upset. I'm like, what's wrong, Ma? She's like, well, you know, your cousins in Florida, I have, I have a couple of cousins in Florida. She's like, your cousins have COVID. I'm so upset. They're soaked. And she's like, are you guys okay? I'm like, yeah, everyone in my house believes in science. We're all completely vaxxed and boosted. We wore masks mm-hmm. the whole time, and we wash our hands. We actually did everything you told me not to do. So, yeah, we're not afraid. So you can hear the little crunch on that <laughs> one. Uh, if you know anything about my relationship with my mother, a lot of a lot of my listeners know very well that my mother – was not great, and neither was my father, and there are reasons. But still, it was just a little bit of a dig back after the whole, don't get the, it's a chip, they're going to trick you, it's Satan. I'm like, this woman who used to be a practicing witch is now talking to me oh. about Satan. Can you, can you please stop now? Because you don't know what world you're in anymore. She's 80 two years old. Let it go. I am not changing. I have been a witch since birth because of the people who I was I mean, I had a grandmother who practiced magic, an aunt who practiced magic, sisters I please, everybody practiced magic. It was an old world thing. Everyone did candle magic and burned roots and shit in my family. My mother's the oddball, so there you go. But I mean, yeah, so I was fed a lot of that bullshit. And it's like, yeah, no, I guess uh, Jesus wasn't up for saving them, huh? Okay, thanks. I don't know what else you can yeah, say. Yeah, I mean, 
I, I mean, you know, we, we did get get it eventually, but it was from my nephew. He was, you know, once they restarted school, we got, you know, the child's yeah. version of it. And even that was yep. not exactly a party, you know. No, um, not at all. But I mean, there are, there, that's, you couldn't avoid it. You had someone in the house that you were constantly exposed to. I mean, I understand that. That's how it ran ramp, rampant in my day job. One person got mm-hmm, it, and then, mm-hmm. like, that whole building was like, okay, we're not coming in anymore until this shit's over. And then they started bringing them back, and then they started getting careless, and then it would be one person getting it, and they'd stay home, and then somebody else would get it, and they'd stay home. It's like people don't understand that this shit is still happening. I don't get it. It really is. It really is. There's another wave of it going around right now, and it's, it's still scary, honestly, and I know nobody wants to hear that because, you know, it was an exhausting few years, but, like, you know, <laughs> still a lot, of, a lot of stuff, no. for sure, for sure. So let me ask you, when did you start writing this particular book? Um, let me think. So I, I was uh, – I w- – I started writing it because, like I said, I was thinking it was going to be a little chapbook. So it was definitely in 2020 that I started uh-huh. writing it. And, uh, you know, initially my editor wasn't super keen on, like, all of the personal sharing I was doing in it because, generally speaking, magic books are supposed to be about other people. But I felt it was very important that our voices be heard. And she said, look, by the time I got to the interaction, I was with you. And, like... I get why wow. you needed to do it this way, you know, like, because I was just writing as it was unfolding, and um, I, again, I feel it's really important we have some of our voices be heard, so, like, you know, from a historical perspective, when we go back, that we can kind of see it, and, you know, um, it, it was mostly for other people, but it was also, I was trying to keep myself sane, you know, like real talk. I was, I was trying to keep myself yeah. together as much as I could during that time because so much was happening. You know, one of the things I love about this book, and listen, I, I know we're not supposed to talk about, I mean, all I do is talk about my life and, and the shit I've been through and all of that. And, I'm so encouraged when other people do it. And the, one of the things I love the most about this book is that you were like, fall apart. Go ahead. It's all right. Do it. Yep. Yep. <laughs> like, yep. yep. Like during all of this, well, again, it was all unfolding. Like I was in a bad car accident and I'm like, I, I didn't want to necessarily talk about that, but I'm like, I need to. So you can see like, it's not that I'm up high on this, high like fairy ig platform you know where nothing bad touches me you know that it's 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 difficult and you know like i think when we share some of the shit we've been through it's easier to be like okay maybe i can learn something from this book maybe something in here is for me you know absolutely i you know listen I understand that there are some places where the sanitized version of magic exists, and if that is beneficial for folks, more power to them. But my 
my personal thing is just fucking tell people. Just fucking tell them the truth. Tell them, you know, if you're wrong, say you're wrong. If you don't know the answer, say you don't know the fucking answer. Because it's not just you. Because for every fucking thing I have ever talked about on the air that was personal, I've had at least one person say quietly, you know, in a private message, hey, me too, yeah. thank you. Thank you for not letting me yeah. fucking sit out here alone. And I know if one person reached out, there's probably two fucking hundred that are sitting at home saying, bitch, me too, but I can't admit it out loud, <laughs> shit. The world's a fucking fall apart. No, I get that. I get that. So when I found this book and it was like, holy shit, she's saying some real goddamn shit. Are you kidding me? This is mine. Hello. And I'm like, and I felt so disempowered and I felt so alone because I had spent three months freaking out without knowing why and, and nobody could, you know, I mean, I actually, that was that. And then, you know, this year, my husband almost died in a car wreck. So it's interesting that you say car wreck because I just went through this shit in February and he almost died. And I had a therapist at that time because I'm like, I can't handle this shit by myself. I don't know what the fuck I'm right. doing. And right. at one point, things were so bad. This was like in the midst of not knowing if he was going to live or not because it was touch and go for a number of days. And at one point, you know, I said to my therapist, am I going, am I having a nervous breakdown? And she's like, as a matter of fact, you are. And I'm like, oh, okay. And she's like, but the good news is you're going to get past it. And I'm like, are you sure? Because it doesn't feel like, now, obviously, when I was saying this, I was hysterical in tears. And I mean, oh, I was beside myself. But she's like, oh, yeah, you're, you'll be fine. You're, this is expected. I said, but I'm having an actual nervous breakdown. She's like, oh, definitely. Yeah. yeah. It was at a point where yeah. I could not, I couldn't let him out of my sight for five seconds without, ha- like, I'm talking about get me the drugs, I'm having a panic attack. Right. It was bad. Right. No, absolutely. Yeah. Like, that's so much, you know, like, when it's that serious, you know, and... I yeah uh, no I I I I know what you mean and you know everyone wanted this to be this transformative period and it was but it wasn't this like Instagram experience where we all drank pumpkin spice lattes and read in our you know dream journals and stuff yeah. it was you know it was very visceral and um, it sounds like that's sort of like what you definitely went through that it was a very visceral experience where it wasn't like, you know, now we, we do these nice little magical things and everything's all better. And, you know, I, I always think of the movie The Craft where, you know, she says nothing makes everything yeah. all better. You know, that is so true. And, I mean, I wasn't doing all this magic during that time. I was trying to hold my shit together. I was doing, like, I was lighting candles for people, but that's about the best I could yeah. do. Yeah, I couldn't even, you know, and it's interesting because a lot of folks said to me, and because we were having, you know, larger scale chats online, and it was like, I 
I, you know, I had a friend who said to me, I, I can't feel my magic right now. And I'm like, I can't fucking feel yeah. anything, including my feet right now. So it's like, I'm like, it's not just us. It's got to be everybody. And it's not something that people, I mean, no one wants to appear weak. And I'm like, but that's the truth of what we are. We're fucking, you know, just trying to make it. You know, people assign yeah. all this shit to witches like, oh, you have all these powers. I fucking don't. I wish I had the powers that you people want to attribute to us. We're not like that. It's not like we have a magic fuck stick and we wave it and we're everything's taken care of. We're just folks who don't believe the Judeo-Christian ways, okay? That's really the only difference, and I've been trying to get people to understand that most of my life, but whatever. Hollywood thinks it's jaws in and doesn't let go of some people sometimes, but... You know, but again, I mean, I think of, yeah, I think of magic as being at the craps table. You know what I mean? Like you're trying to like, you're you're playing with odds. You're deciding whether to do a horn bet. You're deciding whether to bet with the table or against it, you know, and at the end of the day, you don't know. You're just trying to, to make the odds more in your favor is, is, really what it is and sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't and nobody likes to talk about the part where it doesn't i agree with you 110 about that yeah i just feel like you know some i do have friends who are like every you know everything that goes wrong is somehow magical and i'm like no honey sometimes shit is just shit deal with it that's yeah. the fact yeah. you know if something you do fails there are two reasons you did it at the wrong time or you did it with the wrong intention. That's it. It's like, you know what I'm saying? There's no, everything just Or even when you repaid the odds better, they still weren't good enough. You know what I mean? Like yeah. sometimes that's the way it is too. Yeah. 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 You know, I mean, so I'm polytheistic. So, you know, for me, it's mm-hmm. like, I don't know the minds of my gods any better than I think the Christians know the mind of their gods. It's like we're all guessing and hoping that we're fucking right, but none of us knows 100% for sure, you know? And moreover, do our gods always know our minds? Like I'm staring at my cat right now. She's watching some people walking by outside the window. Could I tell you, like, what's going on in there? No. Do I make no. reasonable guesses? Sure. But like sure. last time, I don't know. <laughs> it's so true. Oh, my God. You're so relatable. This is another reason why I think you're an important author. Because you oh, don't, you don't sugarcoat it. No, no, you don't sugarcoat it. I, I, I don't want someone to piss on my head and tell me it's raining. I want somebody who... First of all, you can't trust anybody who hasn't done de- dealt with some shit in their own lives. And the idea yeah. that we're so afraid to talk about it makes me nuts because it's like unless you have had a chance to walk in shoes that even look like mine, how do I know you know what the fuck you're talking about? I don't. But you make it very evident in your book. It's like she sees some shit too. She knows what she's talking about. And I just think it's so important to give people real information from real experience. 
I mean, one of the most powerful things, like, one of my occult aunties taught me was, like, one of our grove mates had passed away very suddenly and very unexpectedly, and she was middle-aged, and she's like, what if sometimes the gods make mistakes, you know, and that, that stuck with me because it's like, even if they're bigger than us, it doesn't mean they know everything or they make the right choices every time or that they control everything. Like in Greek mythos, you still had to answer to the fates and the fates were going to do what the fates were going to do. Like even the gods answered to yeah. the fates, you know? Yeah. Yep. That, absolutely. See, you bring up such a great point. That is so true. It's kind of like, so why are we even dealing with, sometimes I wonder, it's like, what's beyond the gods and why aren't we dealing with that potentially? But, I mean, that's a great point, you know. We, Like I said, we're all guessing, hoping that we're right, which is why it's so funny to me when I see all kinds of gatekeeping and bullshit. Now, I haven't seen it a lot lately as much. Um, now what I'm seeing lately is more like grammar police on Facebook. I mean, I woke up this morning to one of my friends doing this entire rant about the pronunciation of Mavin. And I'm like, okay, we obviously do not have it. Listen, we all have pet peeves about certain words. My pet oh, peeve sure. is the word height. Like, my pet peeve is the word height. Somewhere in culture, they switch the H and the T, and now some people pronounce it height. That drives me nuts because that's not how it's spelled. But it's English, and English is fucked up anyway, so I get that. Yeah, so, yeah we all have to sure. but, but to do this rant, this excessive rant about pronunciation, it's not even that folks were using a wrong word. It was about grammar. If you have enough time to do a rant about grammar, why don't you do a rant about something more important like Roe v. Wade, for example, like we were talking about before? You have so mm -hmm. much amazing energy. Put your energy to something that is going to really influence people's lives and maybe make it better. I don't know. Listen, I, I'm subject <laughs> to ranting about stupid shit, too. I did a whole rant no, about no. people ragging on the queen's death, and it's like, you know, slow down, America. You're the country that brought Trump forward, so let's not go casting dispersions on other countries. Because people were just <laughs> right. freaking out. Well, you know, the imperialists destroyed the natives and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I know, indigenous peoples have been fucked over, but um, tell me, how well are we treating black people? Oh, we don't want to talk about that. Oh, oh okay, so that's how you're rolling, right? See, that pisses yep, me off. Yep, yep. Uh, you yep, know, no, I mean, a I'm... lot of my friends didn't do that. It was a couple of people, I, you know, it was a couple of people in particular. Although a lot of my friends were given shit about the queen, and it's like, dude, um, glass houses over here, glass houses. We live in one. Uh, try to remember, she didn't write policy, okay? She didn't come no. up with the idea of royalty. She was born into it and did what she was told, like, a fucking load lot of us. So let's calm down. She was somebody's mommy, and now she's dead. That's it, you know? Right. A little respect. Right. At least right. wait a couple of days 
before you start tearing down the monarchy. You know, whatever, but I don't know. Again, you are just so real and so honest, and I know people don't like honesty. So you must have gotten a lot of shit about this book, have you? You know what? So far, I haven't eaten that much shit about this. Now, sometimes it takes people a little longer to find the book to be angry about. Like my first book, I ate a lot of shit later because people read it later. And we're like, oh, it's so full of, like, gross girl boss vibes. And I'm like, it was 2017. We were all doing that, man. Like, you have to give it context. And that's why I really wanted to contextualize this because, like, during all this time, Black Lives Matter was happening because we needed to. And there was so much stuff going on. And if you can't look at the full context, you you can't really – see it do you know what I mean like I I was worried I would get a lot of shit about um being appropriative and I you know like that's a hard topic because people feel very strongly about it and I'm like I'm not trying to tell you I'm an expert I am not trying to tell you I'm initiated I am not trying to tell you that I am you know the almighty I'm trying to teach you some um layperson level stuff and you know as someone who is raised Catholic I think that's important to keep it all into everything like anyone can go to a Catholic Christmas mass you're not supposed to take communion you're not supposed to like you know, be fully of it, so to speak. But you can you can sing along to all the songs. You know, no one's trying to stop you. You know. Oh yeah, and I have absolutely. I mean, and mm-hmm. here's mm-hmm. the thing: the retroactive anger for shit that we did before the consistent and continuing ages of enlightenment is hilarious to me because I was born in 1961, a long-ass time ago. We were just coming out of the idea that women belonged in the kitchen. Again, remember, I was born, when I was born, there was no such thing as legal abortion. There There was no Roe v. Wade. It was all back alleys until I was a teenager, okay? So I come from a time and being raised by people who had very different thoughts about culture, sexuality, even magic itself, um, right. and religion. You know, I was raised by Pentecostal preachers. Um, my mother turned over later in life to that lifestyle, which I still don't understand, but okay. I guess after... 50 years of something, it gets a little late to say you were wrong. But there are cracks in that armor, and I see it with my mother, where you've held on to this idea of something, and part of you still doesn't really fucking believe it, and that starts to show over time. She keeps up this act, but it's the hard one, because, you know, the whole Pentecostal thing is about we're joyous, we're happy, Jesus has saved us. And I'm like, Y'all are some of the most miserable motherfuckers I've ever met in my life. (laughs) This is all an act, which is why when people who don't know the things I've seen, I mean, I was raised from the inside of a church and being a PK, a a preacher's kid, 
we're the worst. <laughs> we, we're, we're the <laughs> craziest, doing the most drugs, having the most sex, doing all the shit we're not supposed to do because our families have repressed us to the nth fucking degree. So if there was something, if there, I mean, I'm bisexual, um, I've mm-hmm. been in trans relationships, I've done, you know, mm-hmm. gendered, non-gendered, I just love people mm-hmm. that like my thing. So, I mean, I cut against every bit of grain my father ever had. <laughs> you know, so. Yeah. And I'm proud of it. I don't give a fuck. It's like, did I piss him off? Yeah, but you know what? He was an evil motherfucker. And when you can use God as a weapon against your children, there's a special place for you for doing shit like that. So I'm just going to say, if you're a PK out there, if you're a preacher's kid, or you've got some Christian beating your ass, beating you over the head, know that that motherfucker is full of shit. There's chinks in that armor, I promise you. That armor is busting up somewhere. Trust me. You know, so, like, in Catholicism, it's a little different because on one hand, it's so rigid, but on the other, it's the Pope says a lot of things, you know? So yeah. it's really interesting to see that that contrast and and where people choose to um, be very devoutly devoted to this thing or that thing, but on the other one, they're like, nah, you know? Um, and right. it's interesting because the older I get, the more I kind of come around to it from like a witchy folk aspect of it, you know, where I'm like, there are like, I, I love magical dead people. Like they are so interesting to me and, uh, you know, the places there, there are parts for me, you know, like of, of the Bible or the Old Testament or, you know, what, whatever, you know, context you're using for that that are straight up beautiful, but there's a lot of stuff that also didn't make sense, you know, like it just yeah, didn't and it, it doesn't, you know, necessarily translate or whatever. And um, and it's, it's interesting to me, like, because my mom is very, like, poo-pooey about witchcraft, except, you know, when it's her turn to, like, you know, bury a statue of St. Joseph to uh, sell a house, and all of a sudden, that's cool, you know, like, that's fine. Right, right, convenient <laughs> witchcraft, I, I, I yeah. find that very funny, you know, and I, like, my mother's sister is hilarious, because she's still, you know, she's still alive, too, and she's like, yeah, I'm going to burn a candle on that, I'm like, you go right ahead, baby, and it's not Catholic, that is a spell waiting to happen, and she does yep. it, and she's yep. done it. I didn't, I didn't even know my grandmother was a practicing witch until after she died. Now, it's not that I didn't see any crazy-ass shit, because I did, but it didn't occur to me that that was her being a witch. I just had a – it just seemed so normal. I'm like, everybody's grandmother, yes. like, buries an egg and, you know, like, just all these different – like, she would call me and say shit to me about things that I had never told anybody. And she's like, well, when you blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, how did you, what? How do you know about that? She's like, don't worry about it. That's how my family is too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If you call it tradition or it just runs in the family, nobody has to like look at it. If we call it witchcraft, it starts to get weird, you know? Exactly right. So you, you see what I'm saying? Of course. You know, and it's like, 
holy shit, they didn't admit it to me until I was 28 years old is when they told me that she was a witch. And I'm like, oh, so shit, y'all. You had me thinking I was the nutty one. It's all of the fucking one of us. Every single bitch in my family is a goddamn witch. That's hilarious. Thanks. Yeah, for my, my, mother my sister doesn't. <laughs> Your sister? My what sister do? doesn't doesn't practice, but she she's got much stronger psychic ability than I do, like by a lot, you know. And we we don't use those terms per se. I mean, a little bit since you know I am obviously very publicly a witch at this point, you know. But she her her connection to like the other side of the veil is much stronger than mine, you know. Wow, interesting, interesting yeah. conversations about relatives or does she like tap yep. into people that aren't relatives stuff like that um usually it's family based for her so it'll it'll be family based most of the time for her wow mm-hmm. i just wonder how does someone how does one person get this gift and somebody else gets a different gift it's very strange you would think that Stuff like that run, just runs through everybody. I mean, especially your sister, you would think you would have just as strong abilities in certain aspects. I, I find that so fascinating. I mean, for part of it, there could be the fact that, you know, I, I'm adopted, which is why hereditary witchcraft for me is of less interest just because I don't know. You know, but at the yeah. same time, having been grown up in, in in this particular family, you know, it's it's interesting um, to see like where where uh, some of us are stronger in certain things, and others of us are stronger in in others. I mean, there's definitely yeah. a creative spirit that runs through my family, and that's more the part that I tap into. You know. Um, yeah. And it's it's interesting. It's interesting to see who gets what and who knows why. And like you said, like when you said you were so upset before the pandemic happened, but you didn't know. You didn't. It wasn't like you got this text message from the God saying, nope. like, okay, here's nope. what's gonna go on. You just know there's something yep. wrong. It's usually hard to yeah. tell specifics, you know. Oh yeah. I mean, I had no clue. I and I thought it was all you know, just personal. I, you know, initially I thought someone in my life is going to die or I I kept having this overwhelming feeling that everything I had gotten in my life was about to be ripped out from under me or taken away from me. And it was just this overwhelming dread that my, my world was ending. And, you know, and then the pandemic hit and I was like, oh, I've definitely felt that at times right before like some kind of cataclysmic thing happens and it's, you know, it's so useless in a way because like all you know is you're upset and something bad's going to happen, you know? Yeah. You don't have any information past that. (laughs) I know. It's not, it's like, well, why didn't you say something? Well, I didn't fucking know. I mean, seriously, if I'd known, I'm sorry, my prediction skills are not what they used to be. I can't tell you <laughs> that I know for sure any, I mean, I had no idea about any kind of thing that it could have been. I had no, all I knew was that I was crying and I was scared. 
but I could not right. tell you a definite anything. And it was it was terrifying because you think you're going nuts. And, I mean, my friends tease me all the time that, well, we know you're off right now. And I'm like, okay, shut up. Because you're just as <laughs> off as you Calm down. But, you know, part of the other thing that really upset me during the pandemic when it was at its strongest was that I also felt really disconnected from everything. And I think, you know, and I'm not going to say I'm I'm an empath because I don't fucking identify like that. I think whatever. Right. Um, But I'm fucking sensitive and I cry easy and I get stressed out easy. And I think that's just me. Um, But I didn't even feel like I could put, there were points that I didn't feel like I could put one foot in front of the other. And in your book, you kind of like, and I love this, because it's like, okay, you're not going to do everything. You're going to make one meal. Here, I'll I'll tell you how to do it. And you just break all of these things down so sweetly and without judgment and with, you know, that kindness of I know what you're going through. And I still have days like that. I mean, because for me, I think about something and then I start twirling and I go down the rabbit hole and the rabbit hole is never a good place for me because it never ends well. And this book is still really super important because forget about the pandemic for a minute. There's still times in life in general where you just can't, manage there's you're overwhelmed by children by spousal type mm-hmm. people or significant others right. or your day job or your fear or your desire or whatever it is and this book is like okay we're going to do something really simple and we're going to accomplish this one thing and then we'll try to accomplish something else okay and it was definitely like having your hand held in so the best way when you're coming from a place of fear and being overwhelmed and not knowing what to do. I've just got to say this book, this book is a a fucking miracle in my life because it told me that it was okay that I was nuts. It was okay that I was scared. It was okay that I could not do all of the things. I didn't have to get the house clean immediately. I didn't have to make all the meals in one day. I didn't have to, I didn't have to be a superhero at any point. If I could just accomplish one small thing, and it's like you were there to help me do it, and it just made life a little more mad. Boy, when you have somebody with you and says, I'm here with you, and we're going to go through this together, and and it's going to be okay. It's fucked up, but it's going to be okay. Because even, I mean, you're very honest, but there is always hope which is so important, especially when you're feeling like everything's a shit show. So I love yeah. you for this book. And I just think oh. I just encourage folks to get this book because, I mean, when I started reading it, I started to cry because it was like, oh, man, it is so different for your friends to say, I got you, I understand. It's another thing yeah. to, to know that someone you don't know is going through the same shit. It's just a different vibe. It's like, 
I'm not in an echo chamber. It's not just me, and it's not my friends trying to make me feel better. This author understands what I am going through right now in this moment. And I will tell you, keep being you, keep writing like you, because this is just, I mean, I've got to get your other books. <laughs> I'm hoping you're writing more. Um, but thank you for this. This is really such an amazing gift to get this book and, like, not feel alone anymore. It, it, it means more than you can ever imagine, I'm sure. And and that's something I've really tried to do as a witch. Like if I had a mission, it, it would be that that you're you're not alone, and that you know, like it's okay to not be okay. And you know, um, I I read. I only do like a three card tarot readings, and I do live shows um, because I just want a little peek in the universe's sock drawer, as my, as Natalie Zahman would say. Uh, she's another author who actually lives very close by to me. And, uh, you know, people get afraid to do it because they're like, oh, God, what if it's bad? I'm like, we're going to keep going till it's not because life doesn't work like that. You don't get your happily ever after, but you also don't get an unending pool of misery for the rest of your life. You know, there's always a light of right. sunshine, just like there's always some darkness. So I'm like, okay, we're doing three cards, but I'll pull more if they're all shit. Cause I'm not going to let you leave like that. Cause there's gotta be a way out. There's gotta be a way through. And that's so important to me as a witch, you know, like you have to find the thread, you know, you have to find the way through. Absolutely. It's so funny because, I stopped doing more than a three-card poll before, like just about a year before the pandemic started. I was getting really distracted, and I'm like, no, you know what? Doing because I was still doing the old-fashioned Celtic cross, you know. Yeah, yeah, was that was my taught. jam. <laughs> right? I mean, because that's what we were taught back in the day, a million years. Well. Yeah. I'm older, but yeah, a long time ago. You're not that so, much, though. You know, I'm I'm 79 for my birth, so we're not we're not that far apart. You're oh, more okay. like a, a well, yeah, yeah. A little older, but little, no, yeah, absolutely. Like, you know, it's it's still what we were taught, you know, and the idea that yeah, you know, I could cut it down to three. It's like you know what, do a before, during, and after. Just just get some quick information. Because once I'm one of these people that over fucking examines shit until it's not even meaning what it originally intended anymore. So it's like too many cards, yeah. put them away, do three. That's all you need. Get it yep, together. Yep. And it's like I never went back after that. It's like no, three's enough. I'm good. Thank you. Appreciate it. You just that's need enough. that peek. That's, that's that's it. You know, like the little peek into the drawer just to see what's going on. And you know, like. Again, if they're all shit cards, you can draw some clarifiers just to be like, okay, well, how do yeah. I get through this or how do I avoid this or whatever, you know? Yeah, oh, absolutely. And I think, you know, in a lot a lot of the time we overanalyze and we overthink it and, you know, but you have to you have to throw down more cards if it's not clear because it could be a minor thing that you're not thinking about. So get that clarity. You need those clarifying cards. But to start out with a 15-card spread is like, all right, uh, that's a little bit of overkill right now. Let's let's take it down several notches yep. and just get some yep, basics yep. and try to calm ourselves. 
Yeah, because I overdo that shit, and it's one of my failings. It's like, you know what? Too much information is sometimes just too much information. But, you know, in the few minutes that we have left, help, are, are you writing something else? Are you on to the next book? What is happening with you now? So for me, I find um, the first quarter, you know, when the book is out to be just so overwhelming. <laughs> like, it's yeah. so much. I don't know how I did the last one. Uh, while working full-time, to be completely honest, but I, I did. And uh, so um, there is a project I am considering that I can't talk about quite yet that will be another. Okay. Um, I go a little slower. I mean, there's definitely a book I have in mind that I can talk about that I do want to do uh, eventually, and that's uh, working with your muse, because people think you have to be an artist to do that. And my mom's an accountant. But she's got a muse, and I see it. I see it when she, like, untangles, you know, numbers and all this stuff and how, um, you know, you can have that kind of guiding force, you know, in your life, um, even if you're not an artist, even if you just want to make the best cup of coffee, whatever it is that's your thing, you know, um, and to tap into that. And I usually need a few years in between books. I mean, like, I always tease Amy Blasthorn because she is such a, like, she can just crank it out, and I admire that so much about her. I always yeah. call her a monster, and, you know, she's always really uh, laughed about that. But, you know, I, I thought I could be like that, and I just, I go at a slightly slower pace, I'm finding. Um, I need a little more time to marinate to think. But, um, yeah, yeah, no, there's going to be at least one more, uh, again, about the muse, if nothing else. But um, definitely, definitely. Yeah. So, yeah, Amy, Amy's been a friend of mine for a few years now, and I'm, I'm always in awe over, you know, and it's not just Amy. I mean, I'm, you know, there's so many amazing, like Jason Mankey, for another example, like yes. churn, 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 right? And I'm like, how the fuck are you doing? I mean, that's an act of magic in itself. I mean, Amy can I admire it books. so much, so do, much. Do, 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 do. I'm like, where are you? Yes. You're all great. And I'm like, how the hell are you doing yes. this? Yeah, yeah. Both friend, of them, both of them, my absolutely. Friend, yeah. It's like she's blown them out of her ass. I'm like, what the fuck is happening here? Oh, I've got another book. I'm like, holy shit, again? That's amazing. I have no talent there... for writing. I, I write in very short, <laughs> very sh- I can do little essays, and that's all I do. I do not have the patience. I don't have the talent. i clueless. No. I, one day I'll have a ghostwriter to talk about all this crazy shit, but that's about it because I do not have that kind of talent whatsoever. So I'm very much in awe of people who write one book, certainly more than one book. So to me it's all fascinating, but it's I don't know. a I lot think- of discipline, and they're sprinters, so they've got even more discipline yeah. to, to put it out like that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm a talker, not a writer. I, I can't do any of this shit you guys do. <laughs> well, that's how and you have too, an though. Shop. But you have an online yes. shop, don't you? Yes. Tell me about yes, your I online do. shop. Yes, I do. 
I have uh, The Mermaid and the Crow, which is on Etsy. Um, but if you Google Mermaid and Crow, you can find me very easily. Um, I make ritual oils. I've been making witch boxes lately, which I've been really loving because it gives me an excuse to go, like, thrifting and to find a little bit of everything that I think either um, a new witch or a witch who just wants a very um, small area to keep their, their stuff in. Um, so I got these macaron, macaron boxes like a while ago for incenses, but they were too big for that, and I just held on to them because they were expensive. And then I'm like, what if the witch boxes are in there? They're these long boxes that don't take up much space. They could fit in a drawer. And I'm like, okay, how do you how do you put together an entire witchcraft practice in that space? And that's been a fun challenge I've been enjoying. Yay. Oh my God! You've got <laughs> tiny tapestries, hand woven, hand spun woven, yeah. hand woven. Wow! What is that? Yeah, I can't. See yeah, it. I'm, I have I'm a, out one eye right now. <laughs> I'm, I, I have a spinning wheel, so I um, I hand spin yarn. It was a habit I took up because I wasn't good at any of the other fiber crafts, and then I this is very monotonous in a good way. Like I love spinning yarn, and then I. I used to sell the yarn skeins, but I wasn't too into that ultimately. Now I prefer to, like, weave it into a tapestry and to, like, make it kind of talismanic with, like, little crystals and tassels and feathers and just, like, a little little tiny thing, you know, for for people to have. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. So you make oils and and you spin and you make it. Honey, you make incense. I do. Wow. I do. And that's also very monotonous in a good way. Like I just, you know, grind up all the herbs and then it's just hand rolling, hand rolling, hand rolling. <laughs> wow. God, we should have you back on just to talk about that. I mean. Oh, that, absolutely. Oh, holy crap. I would, I I would love to for I, sure. I would love to. That would be so you have to come back on, I insist, because I'm sure there's 9,000 other things we need to talk about. But oh, absolutely. Tell people how to, before we go, tell people how to find you. So you can find me on my website, which is debracastellano.com. And um, you can find my books there, my socials, a link to the shop, you know, where I'm going to be popping up live around the New York, New Jersey, Pennsylvania area, though possibly maybe Salem. We'll see. Um, yes, yeah, yeah. So we're gonna we're gonna find out about all of that. So you can find me there and find all my stuff there. Um, I blogged for a very long time. If you ever wanted to go waiting in the archives, that's charmedfinishingschool.com, and uh, lots of witchy goodness there for for people to look at. Oh, that's fantastic. Again, the book is Magic for Troubled Times. Oh, wow, this book is so cool. Get it. Get it for someone you love. It's probably one of my favorite witch books of the year. I got to tell you, it's it's been a rough year, but I'll tell you what, this book is definitely, you're going to love it. It's going to help you. If there are days that you have where you're just overwhelmed and you're like, I need help just to brush my hair. This book is for you, honey. It was definitely for me. Deborah, thank you again so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. 
thank you so much for having me. I've really enjoyed our talk, and I look forward to a, a future date together for us to uh, discuss more. Absolutely. We will discuss that in a few minutes, as a matter of fact. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Deborah, you take care. We will talk again very, very soon. Have a great afternoon. Thank you. You too. Bye-bye. All right, guys, that's it for this week. I will be back next Thursday with Lisa McSherry. Very excited. A Witch's Guide to Crafting Your Practice. See you then. Have a blessed week. Happy Mabin, and hope you all stay safe and healthy. Bye.